Buenos días, buenas tardes, buenas noches, 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 good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my normies, it's podcast day, it is Monday, the 19th, and it is 9.31 in the morning, and this is my third time attempting to record, okay? So hopefully I'll get it right. I told y'all I don't edit, I don't do nothing, and I screwed up a couple of times, and the other one lyrical interrupted me and really was throwing me off, so I had to start all over again. Because when there's certain content that I would like to get off my chest, I kind of don't want her to participate in those type of contents. Um, I want to be able to talk to you guys, you know, freely, so she has her headphones in now. And she's focused on her tablet because we're going to do school soon. So I told her to use some time while she's doing that. I'm going to get y'all out of the way too. Then I can focus on her two or three hours that we do for preschool um, during the week so that we can get, you know what I'm saying, her learning done. But anyways, I it's been a really difficult weekend. Very, very stressful. And I was going to record content, but I don't like worrying my kids too much. And when I tend to record content sometimes, when I'm in my feelings, um, it makes it really difficult where the kids don't hear me. And so, like, I try not to, you know what I'm saying, because I don't want to worry them. I did a blog instead. I figured... You guys didn't listen to my content and reality that I did over the weekend, last weekend. So I'm just going to go post a blog. But it's still bothering me. It's still on my shoulders. It's still stressing me out. So I was like, you know what? I'll just talk to my podcasters about it. And I'll talk to my YouTube about it. I was like, I don't know who else may be going through a similar feeling like I am. So this way, maybe, you know, I can help y'all not feel alone. And the other piece is, I'm also tired of everybody thinking that I like living at a motel and that I'm not trying to do anything to get me and my family out of here. If y'all listen to the song in the background, that's me playing it to keep me focused, is the type of music that I do play now recently to help me stay on track. I just want to let you guys know in case y'all do hear it in the background. Um... It's meant for me to help me out. But we ended up getting a memo, right? And they no longer want pets. Um, all pets had to be out by today's date. Um, or there's like eviction or whatever the case may be or lock out of your room. So that stressed me out because it's already completely illegal. You can't just make changes without giving a 30-day notice. And then after that, the next day, I get another memo. $20 per pet. So you want me to pay $20 for two hedgehogs, $20 for each hedgehog that sits inside a bin, right? That never comes out of the bin unless we're holding them. And they're always inside the bin. They don't even bother anybody. They much less bother us. And then you want me to pay for my emotional support dog, which I do have a letter for from my psychiatrist stating that, the dog is an emotional support dog because that was another roadblock that I was having with trying to find apartments because our dog is on the do not rent list um and I don't know why because they're like the most lovable annoying ass dogs ever 
Um, they may look like pit bulls, but she's not a pit bull. Um, her features are pit bull tendency, but she's actually a Staffordshire Terrier. I think that's how you say it. Don't don't quote me, but I believe that's how you say it. I always say the name wrong. Um, but yeah, that's what she is. She's not a pit, and they're not related to pits. They don't even have pits in their bloodline. But because of her, she was on the do not rent list, and it was becoming harder to find, you know, apartments. Now that I have the emotional support letter, they're not to deny us because of her breed. They have to actually accept her. So I got that obstacle out of the way, and then another issue was my income to debt ratio my income was too low to my debt ratio because I have the car that I turned back um, that I, you know, re- returned back to, I guess the dealership you could say, I, I allowed them to repo it because I just couldn't keep doing it and the car was broke down and there was a lot to the story, but um, because of that and the rent to debt, even though they tried taking me to court because I had left and broke the lease because um, it was either leave or lose my kids type shit because of how bad the roaches were in the apartment. And there was nothing I could do that about that because they were like they were refusing to treat the apartment. So they tried taking me to court. The judge threw it out and they went right behind the judge's back and put it on my credit as rent debt. Not eviction or nothing like that, but rent debt. So I disputed it and at one point it was almost fourteen thousand dollars that they put on my thing. I disputed it and I finally came down to six thousand and some change. But that is also what's stopping us from being able to find a place to rent that is willing to, you know what I'm saying, allow, come on commercials. Sorry, y'all, but this is ridiculous. This type of music, I feel, should not have commercials, but whatever. Um, So yeah, so those are a couple of roadblocks and obstacles I've had when it comes to trying to find an apartment. I've been trying to find somewhere to live since we arrived to this place. Like, I never stopped trying to look, but I had all those roadblocks. Now that my SSI is approved, it's been approved for a week now, I have the income, you know what I'm saying, raised now is higher than what it was, so now I'm at three times the rent, and um... I can now start applying for apartments again because I can prove the income. But I still have that rent debt. And now that I have the emotional support letter for COA, that's no longer a roadblock either. But the rent debt is. So I do have an organization down here that is willing to pay the rent debt off of my credit as long as I can find a landlord that is willing to allow us to rent. If we find someone that's willing to allow us to rent and they pretty much state in a letter that the only reason they wouldn't consider us is because of the rent debt, then the organization is going to pay the rent debt and they're supposed to pay the first month deposit, the first month rent and a deposit to move us in. Alright, so like I said, we haven't been able to find a place though. one box done all right if we would have been able to find a place it'd be a whole different story that we wouldn't still be here so then i got told on the 15th um oh your rent is paid up only till the 17th even though i was originally told it was paid until the end of september that's why i wanted to be out before october 1st um then i was told 
you have 30 days to get out because we're not renting to you anymore. I already know the reason that they don't want to rent to me anymore is because of my platforms. It's because I advocate for myself and I say what's going on and they don't want that anymore. But my point is, don't do anything illegal then. Don't try to play people for stupid. Like, I may not speak much, but I know my rights. And when people try to trample over them, we're going to have a problem with that. Like, that's just the way that I am. It doesn't matter who it is or where I am. I'm a big person of respect and people's rights. You wouldn't like it if people were violating your family members' rights or your rights. So why is it okay for you to violate other people's rights? So this weekend, I was really stressing because I'm like, yo, where am I going to take the dog to? Like, what am I going to do? So I did try. On the 17th, I sent Bibba to the office because y'all know that I can't take my wheelchair over there. So I sent Bibba to the office and to explain, you know, about, like, how much is the rent, first of all, because they always are up in the rent. And then about, you know, Koa being an emotional support dog. So the property manager refused to talk to her about it and stated that he was going to come talk to me. Well, today is Monday, and this was on Saturday, and I still have not spoken to him because he still has not come to talk to me. So now you can't say that I'm not trying to pay the rent until I can get out of here since you gave me 30 days to get out of here. You can't say that I'm not trying to pay you because I am trying to pay you, but you are shot down my daughter, the only form of communication that I have to you guys in the office. So, and you did have not come to see me, so... How am I supposed to pay you guys to stay here for the little bit of time that we are going to stay here? Last thing I want is you got to turn around and try to send me to court for money that I owe you when I tried paying you guys. When I tried finding out how much the rent was supposed to be so that I could pay you. not trying to live here for free. If I would have never ended up with the situation that I was in, my rent would have still kept getting paid. But I couldn't make my money the way that I was making it when I had no transportation and then I'm in a wheelchair. Like, that just makes it difficult now. Um, so... On Saturday, we were looking for somewhere else to go, like another, like an extended stay, because this is an actual motel. So we were looking for an extended stay to go to. Um, and then I ran into so many roadblocks. Like, it was just, I, that was the most I have ever felt, like, handicapped in my life. Like, I was so stressed out and so overwhelmed because it was, like, in town suites where I really wanted to go to their wheelchair accessible rooms are only with a queen bed and they only allow two people in the room so there's no double beds for a wheelchair accessible room in in town suites and like I explained to one of the um, front desk people I said you know what I feel really discriminated by you guys I was like I'm not gonna lie I said because you're basically saying that a handicapped person cannot travel with their family or cannot become homeless with their family or cannot need a place to live with their family because you guys only have queen-size beds. I said, I shouldn't have to get two rooms to accommodate my family and much less in in my situation where I'm the parent. All kids must be with me. So how am I supposed to make that work? You know, like that's really, that's discrimination. Yeah, you're maybe, you know, wheelchair accessible, but you're only wheelchair accessible to a handicapped person that only travels with one more person, only has one more person with them. Like, that's not cool. That's not right. There are families who have handicapped people and require, um you know, require to be in the same room together. And then not just that. Wouldn't a handicapped person really need to have more people with them because of their disability and needing more help and assistance? Like, 
what the fudge? So she was like, oh, you just, you know, brought a good point. She was like, all the years that I've been here. Oh my gosh, here we go with the commercials again. All the times that I've been here, she was like, it's never been a problem. I said, she was like, I'm going to write a letter to court because she was like, you're right. She was like, it is, you know, a form of discrimination. We're basically turning you away because we can't accommodate all four of you in one room. I said, correct. And then she was like, I'm, I'm, she was like, I'm going to write a letter to court. She was like, because you're right. There could be somebody else in the same situation as you down the line. And I would have to turn them around for the same reason. I was willing to take a room that was not wheelchair accessible, but they didn't have no rooms on the first floor. So when you're handicapped, they won't put you on any of the other floors for in case if there's a fire or an emergency or anything, you can actually get out. Not because, you know, you can't use the elevator. The, the elevator gets shut down. So I was like, okay, thank you. We went to four different places. And then the one, one, the one that I did not want to stay at because that one was way too expensive. Um, they do have double beds for a wheelchair accessible but they had no rooms available. I went to the next one, that's the same one of the one that has double rooms, the double beds for a wheelchair accessible. They had no rooms available and no rooms on the first floor either. So I couldn't even, you know what I'm saying? And the other one that did have a room on the first floor, that room was so tiny that my wheelchair alone would have taken up the whole space. So, like, I couldn't take that room, and I wasn't going to be paying no 2600 and some change for this small, tight-ass room when I could be paying less than that for an apartment. So, Saturday, I, like, literally, I was just, like, it's all because of my disability right now. Like, if I wouldn't have been disabled the way that I am, I can find a room anywhere else with a drop of a hat. But I can't now because... I have to take my wheelchair into consideration. Like, yo, I wanted to cry so bad, not because I was frustrated, but because I really felt useless. Sorry, I had to take my meds. I really felt useless. Like, I really felt like, man, my kids really are better off without me. Because, like, this is really causing us now the ability to get a better place to live. Or finding a temporary place but all across the board is making it hard to find a place to live period like if I did not have my disability you probably would be able to find an apartment quicker so it just makes me feel so handicapped and that's the worst feeling in the world to feel like useless hopeless handicapped, stressed out, an obstacle, like an anchor that's that's keeping us where we don't need to be at, like, and then that's not just the only problem too. The other problem is, since I do not have transportation, how am I supposed to transport my wheelchair? A lot of these trucks only have a ramp for trolleys and, you know, those wheels are smaller than the wheels in a wheelchair. So how am I supposed to take my wheelchair from here to wherever we end up at? 
that was another big stressor for me this weekend that I was just like, how am I supposed to do all of this? Like, right now I'm thinking maybe I should just put all my stuff in storage until we find somewhere to be and at least there's less things that we got to take with us when we move. Yeah, below. There's less things that we got to take with us when we move, but then the whole problem is me having the ability to get to these places to do these things. That's what it really breaks down to. So I felt like, I really felt little. I felt really, really, really little. Like, from everybody who I spoke with that I went to go check out their rooms and stuff, they all felt bad. They were like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's all right. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, but I feel honestly discriminated. Because... Out of everywhere we went, there wasn't not one room. Then the next option is to move in another motel. (laughs) But down here where we are, you're only allowed to be in a motel for 28 days. That's one. That means I'd have to keep moving every 28 days. That's annoying because I don't have transportation. Then two, there's no guarantee that there's not going to be a bed bug or roach, I missed that darn fly. Or roaches, because there's a lot of reviews and a lot of them that they have bed bugs and roaches. Okay, I don't want to go from bad to worse or worse to bad. However, I don't want to go into another spot where there's something else I have to worry about. Especially bed bugs, because that's on your bed. Every single night they're going to bite you like, no, I don't want my kids eaten up by nobody or nothing. So, it just adds on to like, damn, girl, you're trying your hardest, you got the means and the income now to pull things off, but you still can't find how you're going to pull this off because of other scenarios that are stopping you. Like, I literally came home and I cried a little bit, like I didn't really let myself get in my feelings, so I only cried a little bit because like I said, I don't want to worry the kids, you know, if I can avoid worrying them, then I'd rather not worry them. Um, if I can avoid stressing them and I'd rather not stress them. Like I said, I'm having this conversation right now because Stinka Doodle has her headphones in and she's listening to her tablet. Viv already knows everything that's going on because I have to. She's the other one that helps me do everything, so I have to keep her informed. Plus, for her own mental health and her conditions, she has to be prepared, you know, with time frame. Delano knows somewhat of what's going on a little bit, not a lot because of his autism and everything else and his mental health. And his ODD and all that, um, he needs time to adjust as well. So I had to give him a little brief rundown of what we're trying to do so that he won't have a huge impact when we have to transition. Um, It's not easy being a family with three people who have disabilities, mental, like mental health, autism, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, because I got to protect myself, but I got to protect my kids as well. You know, I have to make sure that I don't let things overwhelm me or overcome me. Like, Saturday night, I lost my ability to move my left side. That's how stressed out I was. That's how, like, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to figure this out? How is this going to happen? You know, like, and then Lyrical made me a little bit frustrated. And boom, my left arm decided, nope, we're not moving. My left leg decided, nope, we're not moving. 
And at that time, I was talking to the autistic coach that the kids um, are now seeing. And, you know, we were talking, like, just to try to vent out a little bit of what was going on. And in the process of talking to him, probably, like, 30 minutes later, that's when my arm decided to allow me to use it. And then my leg decided to let me move it. But then, throughout the rest of the evening, I kept getting shooting pain on my right thigh. That was just, it was like a horrible, unbelievable pain that I had not felt before. And it was on my right leg, which is supposed to be my good leg. So that brought a little stress onto me and a little frustration onto me because, dude, I cannot go through these things. I can't. I The pain is unbearable. Like, it is unbearable. For real, for real. And now that it's causing it, like... Let me tell you, before my left arm went numb, I get a fire sensation in the back of my arm, right? And it feels like somebody's taking a lighter and just burning my arm. It starts to do that, and then I start to get a tingling sensation. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's dead. It's unmovable. It's unusable. And the whole entire time... I'll feel like somebody's burning me, but when my ability to move starts to come back, it's like somebody lit the fire even higher and it's closer to my arm and my skin, and that's why like I feel it like that, and then I'll be able to move. But like my shoulders start to tense up, like right now it's starting to hurt. So I'm hoping I don't go through the process now of like losing my left side. Because in reality, what I'm trying to do is rent this all out so I can let it go so I can stop causing me all the problems that I'm getting. Like my legs have swollen up so badly. I gained the five, no, yeah, the five pounds that I lost a week ago back in swelling. Like my legs are swollen and that hurts. Like that hurts bad. Before, my swelling wouldn't hurt, but now the swelling of my legs kill me. And then my legs get so swollen that when I'm trying to walk to the bathroom, I have a very hard time walking because between my thighs and all that is way more swollen and bigger than what I'm accustomed to to walking because I lost a lot of weight. And it makes it really difficult to attempt to walk those short that short distance. So me knowing all these things about my body... And how my mental health is affecting my body as well. I'm trying every avenue to not allow the situation to frustrate me. To not allow the situation to stress me out. What? I just... Sorry. But my video just got cut off. All I did was move. And my video just got cut off. Like this is some BS... Is that USB port? Sorry, YouTubers. This is going to be the part two to the first podcast I got cut off. I was backing up my laptop. So, and like I've been saying to other people, I don't know if I said it to you guys, my USB port on this laptop is loose and I hit the wire a little bit and it just stops the video when the microphone is not detected anymore. Like, Dude, I have another microphone on the laptop itself. So if you don't detect it, why are you stopping my video? But yeah, so this is going to be part two. Because I'm not about to repeat everything that I've talked in the last 23 minutes. This is not going to happen. I'm just going to continue it and I'll just have to post them back to back. So sorry for it ending the way that it ended. My apologies for that. And 
now we're on to the second part for you guys. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I want to vent it out because again, I don't know who else has ever been in my shoes where they felt discriminated because of their disability or they felt that they couldn't do something because of their disability. And then every time you turn around and you're trying to do something, like it's always a oops, nope, sorry, oops, no, sorry, like, you know, a door being slammed in your face. That does make you feel like less competent and it does make you feel like you don't have your shit together even though you could be having your shit together. So this weekend has been a really hard one. Yesterday was supposed to be my day off. Oh, oh, I forgot. Sorry, you guys. So Saturday after we went through all of that, I came home. I cried for a little bit. Um, I didn't cry anything hard, like nothing major. I just, you know, shed a couple of tears and then told myself, nope, we're not about to do that. We're not going down this dark path. We're not going down this dark road. What we're going to do right now is start Googling like crazy and start focusing on trying to find wheelchair accessible apartments that have availability so i did do that i ended up finding let me see let me tell you guys right now two okay one two three four five six seven i ended up finding seven apartments that are supposed to be wheelchair accessible I know for a fact two of them are supposed to have availability coming up in the next two or three days. So I'm trying to see if my mental health skill builder can take me to go see those places. Because again, I, I cannot see myself applying for apartments that I have not seen. Because I need to know, do you have rodents? And I know if I ask you that, you're going to tell me no. But if I go walking around an apartment, I can tell if there's roaches. I can tell, like, I want to go see this most... It was a beautiful apartment. Very nice. On the outside, very nice on the inside. I happened to open the closet, the pantry room, and right on the bottom, what was there? Two dead roaches. That already leads me to believe that y'all had roaches. Or y'all have roaches. One of the two. So, I like to go see. Plus, I have a very serious bathroom phobia. And I need to go look at the bathrooms and make sure that y'all don't have no like, corkscrew shit or whatever it's called. That has mold and black. No, 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 no. I can't do none of that. No, thank you. Like, my bathroom has to be how it is when you have your own bathroom. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Not no residue of anything. So I cannot see myself applying and paying two application fees. Because down here, you got to pay application fees for anybody above 18. So that includes me and Beva. And these fees don't be cheap. It could be anywhere from 25 a person to 65 a person. Okay, so that's already like $50 or $100 for me to apply for both of us. So I need to make sure that the apartment and the neighborhood is a good area because of the kids. And then we don't have transportation, so I need to make sure that there's things around there that, you know, Bev, I can walk to or I can ride on my wheelchair to if we need to get something. Um... So, I'm hoping that my mental health skill builder will take me to these places. She said we were supposed to work on that this morning, but it's already about to be 10 o'clock in two minutes, and I have yet to hear from her. I even texted her early this morning to let her know that I found a couple of places, and two of them are available, and I wanted to go see them. Because um, if they are, like, okay then I want to apply for them. Like, if I can move to an apartment instead of moving to a motel or an ex... Well, I can't go to an extended stay, but instead of moving to a motel, then I'd rather do that. You know what I'm saying? Because I'd rather spend 
what was the most rent that I found was twelve hundred for a three bedroom. Rather spend that than go into the motel and spending anywhere from eighteen hundred to twenty seven thousand. Twenty seven hundred. Sorry, sorry, it was a neurological thing that just happened with the numbers. But yeah, like it makes more sense to go with the apartment route. So that's what I'm trying to do. And it's just, you guys, not having transportation is one of the most crappy ass shit ever. Okay? Because if I had my own van still, I could have been, went to different places, even out of state. I could have went and looked some other places and found, you know what I'm saying? Somebody to allow me to rent. That's why I was looking for private landlords, but we can't even find that either. I was going to buy a mobile home. Um, but honestly, I don't want to be in VA. You know, VA has not been kind to me and the kids in any shape or form. So I kind of really don't want to be in VA. But if push comes to shove, then I have no choice. I did do the application. I got to turn in my tax return for the last three years and see what they say. Because I was going to attempt to buy land with a mobile home. Instead of, you know, buying just a mobile home and having to find a lot to put it on. But, um, yeah, this has been the stress that I've been dealing with all weekend. So, yesterday I was supposed to be off because Sundays are my days off. But because Saturday I was focused on finding apartments and I did that for like three to four hours. Um, I didn't really create any of my content for my platform. So, I had to do that yesterday. And I was trying to create my content like in a positive way obviously because of everything that I'm going through but I was kind of having a hard time like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel so thank god I already had some content created that I forgot to post so I scheduled all of that and I had all that done like yesterday and I was working slow not too fast but I was too stressed out to work too fast even if I wanted to But I did get all that set up. I even created content to promote my life coaching business, to promote me as a life coach for parents. So I do feel like it was a productive Sunday, even though it should have been a Sunday for me to relax. But because of everything that I'm going through, trying to relax would have just stressed me out more. Because it would have made me feel like I'm not doing anything productive. It would have made me feel like I was not doing anything to get us out of our situation. So trying to attract my ideal clients was the next best thing that I could do create content for that so that I can, you know, hopefully start getting calls, start booking sessions and start, you know, helping people that would at least give me the peace of mind because when I'm helping somebody else, it doesn't make my situation look so dark. It doesn't make my situation look so negative. And that's what I kind of did, you know, yesterday I did talk to my cousin for a little while. Um, we were just talking about the situation and how like it's just messed up. And how I literally don't be doing any... Ooh, Biba, there's a big mother. Mother Fletcher. It's go, it's, it went by the eraser. Yeah, because it kept using everything it could. trying to get the roach for me because lately they've they've been on my desk out of nowhere like and it's like I could be sitting here the way that I am right now and 
they'll come like out from the front of the table and I gotta back up really fast because I'm afraid they're gonna jump on my legs because these suckers do jump I never knew a day in my life roaches jump but the motherfuckers do jump they do jump okay and I never knew that they jumped until I moved down here and started dealing with these shits because I never had to deal with these shits before um that's why I gotta tell people don't let your mental health get bad you guys really don't um YouTube give me one second I am going to stop this podcast here and we're going to continue it on to the next one. We'll attempt to try to call these places um, in a little bit to verify and make sure that they actually have three bedroom apartments available that are wheelchair accessible. Then if I have to schedule an appointment to see them, I'm going to have to do that. I just got to make sure my mental skill builder can actually take me. Um, like I said, I'm waiting for her to text me back. It's just, it's hard. It's, it's a struggle. It's very difficult. And then being in a wheelchair, it's like I'm so limited on what I can and can't do. Like on Saturday, when we went to all these places, yeah, she would drop me off at the door. And I would have to walk, you know, from the car to the door. But even that was a struggle. It was a fight. And while I'm standing there trying to talk to the people, like, my legs are shaking so bad where they just want to give out. And I'm here like, girl, do not bust your ass right now. Please don't fall. Whatever you do, do not fall. Do not bust your ass. Because if you bust your ass, you can get seriously hurt. Like, you know you're supposed to be using your wheelchair. And I don't take the walker and I don't use the walker because I do have weakness in my hands. And that weakness makes it very difficult for me to deal with the walker that's that's it leaves me so fatigued and so drained and then I'm not I'm no good after that because I've already used every piece of energy that I had to just use the walker to actually walk and it's frustrating because like I said people are sitting here acting like I'm okay with living in a motel and and then I'm okay with living in a motel that has roaches and rats I'm not okay with living in no motel point blank period doesn't matter if it has anything or doesn't have anything i'm not okay with living in the motel point blank period but my circumstances is what's placed me here like and now that i have the income to actually get out it's still the same problem of to where to where get out to where where are we gonna go you know what i'm saying where where's the next stop going to be and i even contemplated well then i guess this is I've been praying to God and I've been asking God to please guide me where we should go like I don't want to make another impulsive move like I did which is what got me here in the first place into this state because it was either kill or be killed and I refused to go to jail and I refused to leave kids without a parent so I had to make an impulsive move to just bring my ass down here and things didn't go as planned like if I would have had more time when we were staying at the associate's house um if i would have had more time to get my money right and prove my income i would have been able to have gone from their house to an apartment but because it was done overnight with you know i'm saying whatever the case may be i mean let me put it like this i feel like i'm going through all of this so i can have a testimony and a story to tell So that I can get myself out of this, get my family out of this, and then push others out of whatever situation that they are in. Because we always look at things like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world now. Like, there's no other opportunities, there's nothing else that I can do, there's no other accomplishments, there's no other, like, road that I can take. And then you kind of, like, just give up and you stay in the situation that you're in because you see no hope. 
But there's always hope. There's always a possibility of you coming out of anything. It's just how you perceive and see everything that counts and that makes a difference. So I'm not trying to say that we're never going to get out of the situation because we are. I know my season of struggling is going to come to an end soon. And I know for a fact that we're going to make it. It's just about surviving until then. It's just about surviving until that door opens. And like I said, I've been praying to God, asking him, like, where should we look for a place to live? Should we leave the state? Should we stay the state? And if we do leave the state, where are we going to go? Can you please eat your food? I don't want to hear you're hungry because you're not going to get anything else. And um, that's the stressors that I have. Like, those are the stressors that I'm dealing with right now. And it's frustrating because what can I do? Like, I'm limited on how far I can get, how far I can go. Even if I say, okay, let me move out of state. Since it's looking like I can't find nothing here, it's still going to be where are we going to end up at? Where are we going to go? <laughs> where are we going to go? Like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get there? How am I going to transport the wheelchair? I mean, back in the day, without no wheelchair, it was easy. Just hop in the damn van and let's go. That's how we did it the first time. But now it's, how am I going to get my wheelchair where it's supposed to be? Because I need that sucker in order to move around. Like I said on Saturday, I realized my legs cannot do as much as they used to. And I am overworking them. And that's not a good thing because I don't want to cause any more damage. And so I don't want to overwork them. So what do I do? That's where my situation is. Do y'all have any suggestions, comments, or ideas? I'm open. I'm receptive. Like, I did tell the other parent I wouldn't move no more than six hours away. So, I'm trying to stay within those words. But, I'm receptive. I'm receptive to any suggestions, any ideas. Um, Because I really need help. And it's not that I need the help financially, because we're going to be okay in that sense of the word. I, I really just, I need the help. I need somebody else to be my eyes and my feet and my legs. Like, I can call all these places and find out they have rooms. If they have apartments that are wheelchair accessible. And when they'll be available and get all that information. But how am I going to get there? And then when I get there, let's say I do Uber myself there, okay? As an example. Let's say I do Uber myself there. And then I want to see the apartment. Some of these complexes make you walk because the rental office is like in the middle of the complex or at the beginning of the complex. And then you have to walk all the way to that apartment. It's not a guarantee that I can do that. So I would need to drive myself to where the apartment actually is and I'm going to see so that I can walk the apartment. I'm not going to be able to walk from the rental center, the rental center to the apartment. So that's another obstacle. So even if I do Uber myself, how am I going to get from that to the apartment so that I can see the apartment? Because I cannot do that walking. And I realized on Saturday how much harder it is for me. Like every time I had to get out that car and go to another inside another building, my legs were like cement. Like they did not want to move. 
God doesn't care. They did not want to move. And they were shaky, shaky, shaky. And all I'm thinking in the back of my mind is please do not fall. Whatever you do, please do not fall. Because, like I said, I don't want to scare my kids. I don't want to have to, you know, I don't want to injure myself, you know, any more than what I already deal with. Like, that was a lot. And then me trying to Uber myself to a complex and then having to go walk and see that. That's a lot on my legs. Especially when I know that they don't cooperate so well. Like, then the other dilemma that we have is, so I am trying to buy a van. And every darn van that I find down here is either over 10 years old or is over the 2K miles. And, like, that's a lot of miles, okay, for a car that's over 10 years old. Um, if I want to be able to DoorDash, well, not DoorDash, but if I want to be able to Uber Eats, the vehicle cannot be over 10 days, 10 years old. So in order for me to be able to Uber Eats, my vehicle has to be under 10 years old. And that's another way that I was going to bring in income for us. And so I find my ideal clients and until, you know what I'm saying, my course picks up because I do have the course for free right now. I'm waiting for my beta, beta testers to let me know how much they feel like the price should be and then once I get all this information put together and I do my own analysis of it then I was going to start having a course as being paid I'm hoping to bring in you know residual income through that way as well but until all it is I gotta find somewhere to live I have to find somewhere to live I really do like I'd prefer if I can find it before next weekend because I have my paid client starting on Friday and I don't want to be all over the place. Like I already told her, listen, we don't need to reschedule. We don't need to start later. We're cool. We can keep on working because when I work with other people and in other people's situations and in their lives, it gives me more hope in mind and it lets me look at the bright side of things instead of the dark side. And I'm not trying to go dark with anything. So it just makes more sense for me to continue to push through to find my clients. Plus, my life is a testimony. It's a testimony completely. Like, there was plenty of times I was going to exit out this world and I'm still standing here. I made it through all those thoughts and tendencies and desires and urges and I'm still here. Yes, it's not an easy walk in the park, but my kids still have a mom. I'm still here. I'm still present. I'm still attempting to find ways to make things work. I am still here. I have not gone anywhere. And I refuse to let it win. I'm going to win in the long run. I'm going to be on my feet and I'm going to have everything that we need. Like, we're going to be okay. And I know that for a fact. I have a very strong calm that I know my dark seasons are going to come to an end. All those obstacles are no longer going to be existent and I'm going to be okay. Like I keep saying, it's all about surviving until then. That's what it really breaks down to. It's all about surviving until then. And... I wanted to come on here and, you know, kind of explain to you guys what I was dealing with because, again, I don't know who else may be feeling like they're completely disabled or handicapped or they're completely limited or they have nothing going in their favor. Everything is going in the opposite direction. But sometimes I feel like we go through trials and tribulations to make us stronger, to help us get to where we need to be. You know, and I feel like that's what my trials and tribulations and my roadblocks and my monkey wrenches are all about. So I'm trying to put all them suckers together to create a step to get out of the hole that we're in. 
And every time I get thrown another monkey wrench, if it has to do with my disability, it does make me feel very incompetent. It really legit does. It makes me feel very, very, very incompetent. And I do not like that feeling in any shape, way, or form. I do have a hair sticking up. There we go. I do not like that feeling in any shape, way, or form. Like, it is an annoying, annoying, annoying feeling. Because I can't just make my legs decide to work. I can't just tell my legs, okay, come on, you're about to work, let's go, we have to do this. I mean, I could, but it don't mean my legs are going to be like, all right now, bitch, I got you, don't worry about it, we're going to make it through, boo. I mean, what, 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 what? I'm, I'm really trying to be realistic on my situation, you know, and that's my situation. I'm limited on what I can do. And I'm not trying to let that stop me, so I'm trying to find other ways to make it work. But for some reason, I still have to rely on other people. And I suck with relying on other people because I've been let down so many times by other people. I done been made so many promises to. I done been told, oh, don't worry. We got your bag. Da-da-da-da-da. And then shit hits the fan, not by my doing, and there's nobody there. It's crickets and crickets and crickets and crickets. And then I love how everybody thinks that they can have a solution for my life, but they don't have solutions for theirs. I got solutions for mine. I just have obstacles that are limiting me from getting there. But a lot of the people that think they have the solutions are not disabled. They're not. They got to get two good walking legs that they can run, jump, sprint, do whatever they want with those legs. I don't. They have a working vehicle. I don't have a vehicle at all. So I need these roadblocks to leave me the fuck alone so that I can actually make it so I don't have the same roadblocks as everybody else does. There's a baby roach on here. Bitch. No the fuck. You do not. Got you. What did you do with the nail file, baby? Oh, snap, the commercial. What'd you do with the nail file? Sorry, you guys, hold on. One of the press-on nails I was trying to get off finally came off. I used the other glue Biva had bought me. And it finally, finally, finally came off. So that glue was actually better than the other glue that I was using. I was going to replace my press-on nails um, since I lost one completely and couldn't find another one. Um, so I just want to remember to file this down because I don't want to forget. I know me. I know how I am. And I'll be like, wait, why does this still feel so rough? And I hate when my nails feel rough. I still got glue on it. Um, but yeah, so those are my roadblocks and I'm trying to overcome them and find a solution, trying to keep my faith because I know God's got me no matter what. And like I said, I have been praying to him. You know, I was never a person to pray and ask for things for myself. I was usually a person to pray and like say thank you or ask for things for other people. Like when I was a kid, I would ask for things for myself. Like, please don't let my mom whoop my ass when she find out I had you know, my friends inside the house while she was at work. You know, little dumb stuff like that. Um, but 
it's different when I got older. Like, I didn't really start praying for me. I was praying for other people. Like, even when I would go to the funeral home, because, you know, we were paying respects to somebody. If I saw somebody else in the casket, like, I would stand there by their door, even though I didn't know who they were. And I would pray for them, pray for their soul, you know, and pray that God let them forgive them for their sins and would allow them into heaven. And I've done that for so many people. And as an empath and a spiritual person, um, I've been told plenty of times, I'm sorry, you guys, I just changed the conversation thanks to the press on nail, but whatever, this is a more happy one. So maybe my arm can stop hurting me because the other topic I feel like had my arm like killing me. But, um, and I don't, I can't afford to, to lose my ability. So I guess this is just God telling me change the subject. But, um, yeah, so I used to, I've always been the type that I would pray for, you know, people, for anybody. It doesn't matter if I knew them or not. My grandparents' house was literally, like, not even two-minute walk from the funeral home. And I would just, you know, like, go and pray. Like, I remember when my, who was it? When my great-grandmother, I think it was. When my great-grandmother had passed away, we went early to the funeral home to check out some stuff. And then when I went in, there was one person that was in their room by themselves. And there was nobody there. And I was, like, wondering why, why? Like, why were they alone with nobody there to pray for them or nobody there to see them or anything like that? So I remember I stood by the door and I read, like, the name of the person. And then I stood by the door. Like, I didn't go in. I stood outside of the door because... You guys are probably not going to believe me when I say this, but I've since little, I've always had the experience that whenever someone passes away and I pay my respects to them, they show up to me that same night and they usually sit at the foot of my bed or if I have a chair by the bed, they'll sit in that chair um, and they'll watch me the whole night. Like I'll see them there the whole entire night and it would freak me out. It's As a little kid, it's always freaked me out. Like, and I've always been like... I don't want to go pay respects. And my grandparents would be like, but why? And I'd be like, you just don't understand. You don't get it. And I was so afraid to tell them because I didn't want them to think that I was like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But then I remember one day I actually told my grandfather because I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw the, the lady who was their friend that had passed away. And she was sitting in the rocking chair and the rocking chair was rocking back and forth. And then I got so scared because I was like, why does this always happen to me? And then I remember I woke up and I was crying and my grandfather heard me and he was like Negrita because he used to call me Negrita since he calls my mom Negra. Um, Negrita, and just for in case if you don't know, Negra means black, but in Spanish it's an endearment. It's not anything, whatever. So Negrita was like the smaller version of black, which would have been like Blackita, like, you know, I don't know, I don't know, little black, I guess you could say. Um, And... Yeah, so he was like, Negrita, you know, what's wrong? And I was like, Abuelo, the lady that we went to go visit earlier to pay our respects, she's sitting in the rocking chair right there, and she's just watching me, and it's scaring me. And then he was like, Mama, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. That's just them telling you thank you for praying for their souls. Thank you for praying for their sins, and thank you for, you know, helping them make it to heaven. So they're now letting you know that you now have another angel watching you because they're going to watch over you as well. Like you watched over them 
after they passed away. And then I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That is cool. That is all good and gravy. But do they really have to appear? Like, do they really got to let me know and appear? Like, and they don't appear, like, let's say, when I'm telling you they appear, it's not like I'm seeing them in the casket. I'm seeing them, how they would have been in lot alive, if they were alive, how they would be if they were alive. They don't look dead or nothing like that. They would, it would, it would just be their, their self before they got sick and passed away. So it wasn't like they were coming to me scary looking. I was just afraid because I was like, that's just the same person that I saw earlier. Like, that's the same person that I went to go pay respects to. Why are they here? Like, I was just dumbfounded. Like, wait a minute, I'm not understanding. And he's not the first person to have told me that, though. Like, that I do have a lot of angels watching over me and protecting me um, and always being there. And I do believe that because, honestly, there's been some situations that I should have died from or whatever the case may be. Like, and I didn't. Or something else happened that was stopped. Like it was, it's a lot, I got a lot of stories, but thank you for letting me change the subject because honestly, I was starting to get tingling sensation on my left side. And like I told you guys earlier, my shoulder was hurting. And now that I changed the subject to something a little bit more happier, I don't have that, that pain that I was having. So that means that I was going to lose my left side if I would have kept talking about the topic that we were on. But I'm happy that I changed it. And I don't have that problem. But yeah, I just wanted to give you guys the update on, you know, how I'm dealing with things. Because again, I'm proud of myself. I'm very proud of myself. If you guys look at my videos from like a year ago, I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm thinking it's the end of the world. I'm over here feeling like everybody hates me and everything's against me. But I don't have that feeling. I know I'm going to make it out of here. I know I'm going to find somewhere to go. Like, I'm, I know it's going to work out. It may not work out how I want it to work out. Or it may work out how I want it to work out. I really don't know. But I'm not giving up on anything. And I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying, let this beat me. I'm going to make it work in my favor as best as I can. But um, I just wanted to lay that at y'all feet. Because I know some people are sitting out there thinking that I want to be living in this situation. When that is far from the truth. I just had a lot of roadblocks and obstacles that weren't allowing me to get out of the situation. Now that the income piece is, you know, covered, and it's going to be covered even more because in November I have an appointment because I found out when my um, SSI had gotten approved that all three of my kids can actually apply for SSI under my application. Even though my two oldest already received their own SSI for their disabilities, they can actually collect another check because their mother is disabled and I'm responsible for all three of them. They're still under my care. So all three of my kids are going to get an application put in under my application, our phone interviews in November, um, and that would bring in more income. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because then it'll be a lot easier for me to really like try to fight. If I can find a place in the VA then I know that organization will pay the rent off my credit and that'll free up a lot more options for me than what I have right now. So yeah, it's a lot of roadblocks and a lot of obstacles, but not letting it knock me down. I'm here to tell you guys, don't let whatever your roadblocks and your monkey wrenches and your obstacles are knock you down either because y'all can succeed. Y'all can get past it. Y'all can make it work. It's just all about how you perceive and look at things. But um, I'm going to let y'all go now. Um, it was definitely a pleasure, like, chit-chatting with everybody. Um, 
And I do hope that you guys have a blessed day. And don't forget, tomorrow is a promise to anybody, okay? So you got to make it count, all right? Love y'all. Later, gooses. <laughs>